Welcome to the CircuitPython Show. I'm your host, Paul Cutler. This episode, I'm joined by Mark Comus. Mark is a geek, maker, computer architect, and general nerd. When he isn't using CircuitPython to build his own projects, Mark is a community member who contributes to both the CircuitPython core and its libraries. This episode is brought to you by PCBWay. With over a decade of experience, PCBWay is one of the most experienced manufacturers in PCB prototyping and design. Whether you're an engineer, student, or hobbyist, PCBWay offers a simple and fast prototyping service, and it's cost-effective at only $5 for 10 PCBs. And check out PCBWay.com project, where PCBWay helps makers and hobbyists collaborate on their designs and projects. Make your design a reality and check out PCBWay.com for all your PCB needs. And they also now offer CNC machining and 3D printing services. Visit PCBWay.com for more information. Thanks to PCBWay for their sponsorship. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. How did you first get started with computers and electronics? So I think my path is like a lot of other people in this hobby is I started getting a Commodore 64 when I was a kid. I started learning to program in Cub Scouts, actually. One of my neighbors down the street was also into computers at the time and taught us. And it was just something immediately I loved doing as I think an eight-year-old. It was, people thought it was strange, but just fascinating for me. And I progressed that way throughout elementary, high school. I always knew I wanted to go into computer science to pursue that as a career. I was never the kid that you asked, what are you going to do when you grow up? I knew what I was going to do when I grew up. And that really got me down the path. But it was interesting, once I actually got a job out of uh, university, I found that I wasn't doing programming on the side anymore. I wasn't doing my own projects. Now that I was doing it sort of nine to five, that part went away. I got into other interests at the time, probably things I should have been exploring more when I was younger. But now as an adult, I was doing more in terms of like recreational sports and just getting out in the world because by the time the day was over, I didn't want to sit down anymore. How did that change for you? How did you discover CircuitPython? Eventually, my job moved from more of a development job into a computer architecture job as I got more seniority. And I got sent on a conference. They had a workshop about the IoT, Internet of Things. And they gave us all these Intel Edisons. You can't find them anymore. It was a little system on a chip. It's the first time I'd seen something like that. I started building a weather station, one of my first projects, and then eventually got shelved, put in a box like a lot of projects do. And then it was years later, I wanted to continue, found out the Edison was no longer supported. And I was just like, well, I've heard about Arduino and other projects like that. So let's see what's out there. And that's what led me down to discovering Adafruit. And the first microcontroller I really bought was a Feather M0 uh, with Wi-Fi because I wanted to actually be able to check on the weather. That eventually led me to going on show and tell, the Adafruit show and tell, because I wanted other people to see what I was working on. I'd been watching the show for a while, and this was something I thought, hey, this would be neat to do. I hope no one goes back and watches some of my first appearances on show and tell. They were fairly rough. But during that time, I was on the Adafruit Discord, met a lot of people, and it was Scott, of course, who's like, you have to try CircuitPython. You'll love this. And I think when I really 
realized I was getting into it was when I was working on my Arduino code and started forgetting semicolons in C. And that was the moment when it's like, oh, this Python thing is pretty cool. Circuit Python's really neat. I never used Python before. I'd had coworkers tell me how much they loved it, but I had never even looked at it until Circuit Python. Never having used Python, what were your initial impressions of Circuit Python? It was quick and easy to do things. As Phil always says, it's too easy. People get mad. They've made development and programming too easy. Where I've found it going forward in my life now is I can work on a project, be working on the circuit boards, the, the electronics, wiring it, 3D printing, and come to the end. And now the development side of things is that final mile. And it's no longer hours and hours and hours of work. Like I've finished projects in just a couple hours coding to hook it all together versus when I found myself in Arduino land, that could be a long time. Oh, is this library right? Is this compiling? Even just the turnaround cycle of compiling it, uploading it to the board, starting CircuitPython, you hit control D and it's just, it's back again. When you're prototyping and developing is so valuable. Speaking of show and tell, Halloween was last month and one of your projects went viral. Tell me about your monster eyes. So the monster eyes, the original code, full credit was written by Philby from Adafruit. Uh, he's done some amazing work. Highly recommend anyone that wants to check out his projects. Some of the coding you will learn in there is just amazing. So I wanted to get it working on one of these new round displays that have been making their way around Twitter. They're the GC9A01. I always forget the driver name. They're just little circular displays. And I thought they would be perfect for an eye. I initially got them for a totally unrelated project. I wanted to do something with a heads-up display. That project is now also sitting in a box. So these eye project, the first step was to get it running on the circular display. That actually wasn't that difficult. The code was already written for the Adafruit Monster Mask, which is just a M4-based board. And I had a Feather M4 Express sitting around that I was able to put it on. I posted the original little video just as a, hey, this is something I'm working on this afternoon. And then as I continued to work on my project, my phone just like, I looked over and there was like 50 notifications. I'm like, what's going on? Like, And it just kept going all day, all night. I woke up the next morning to just hundreds. I was trying my best to respond to people. People wanted to know how to build this themselves, how I'd built it. But then my goal was, Finding an M4 right now is very difficult. The SAMD51 is basically impossible to find. So I wanted to try getting it to work on RP2040. That became what I thought would be a quick and easy project, became a much longer endeavor. Because of the supported libraries, they'd never been moved to the RP2040. There was a lot of library support to get it to work. Eventually, a week later, I managed to go not quite as fast as the M4, but... One thing people might not be aware of is the M4 has got a floating point unit in it versus the RP2040 does not. So the speed of calculations is always going to be a little bit slower when it comes to that. But yeah, eventually got it working, got the eyes placed in a pumpkin, literally just in time for Halloween, and uh, was very happy with the result. 
Yeah, it looked fantastic. And it was, it was, I love seeing all the likes on the Twitter post just keep going up and up and up and up. It was something that, yeah, you, you hear about and it was, it was unreal just to see something. And I know compared to some posts that get tens and hundreds of thousands, but for electronics, I'll take what it was. Yeah, it was huge. It was great to see. And it inspired so many different projects, as you mentioned. I think, you know, DJ Devin 3 built the project. Toddbot had eyes going. So it was, you know, it was the, the zeitgeist of the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about how it came out. And I'm really happy so many people said they want to take this and do their own projects. Because that's really the goal. You mentioned earlier coding in C, which is what the CircuitPython core is coded in. If you're in the CircuitPython community, you probably know of the core developers like Scott, Dan, or Jeff. You've been contributing to the core. How is being a volunteer working on the core different than maybe being one of the paid developers? It's different because I'm not beholden to anyone. I got interested in programming in the core because I still wanted to occasionally get my hands sort of dirty at that low layer programming level. I, I enjoy that type of development. It's really nice to have CircuitPython to like make your projects polished and to quickly get them out, but it's fun to get your hands dirty at times. And I also wanted to contribute back to the community. That was part of my reason on it. And I had embedded development C experience in my past. So I started, I was watching Scott's deep dive stream probably a couple years ago, and they had talked about wanting Adafruit bus device in the core. It's a library that helps a lot of other libraries talk to I2C and SPI devices. And putting in the core, everyone hoped would speed up this rather than having it in Python. So that was my first contribution of substance to the core was again something that I thought would be simple and ended up being this rabbit hole I went down. And then it just built up from there. It was areas I was interested in or if I saw a community need that might not be a priority for Adafruit, but was a priority for a lot of other people. When the RP2040 came out, the main libraries were all done for launch, but there was a lot, count.io comes to mind, just a simple counter that wasn't a high priority, but still has a lot of functionality. And I'm like, okay, this is something I can get into. It led me to one of the first time of really looking into the data sheet for a microcontroller. 650 pages of fun technical specs if you ever can't sleep at night. A lot of the core development I've done has just been areas that I've wanted to see improved. The IS31FL3741 LED glasses came out as an Ada box about a year ago, and there is no display I.O. support. Display I.O. for the graphics and for the text was something I really wanted on the display to put on the glasses. So I worked on adding that in, similar to the RGB matrix. Those glasses actually got me media coverage. I'm from Winnipeg. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers football team are one of my favorite teams. We won the Canadian Championship last year, the Grey Cup. I was at, in Winnipeg, Portage in Maine, one of the big gathering spots, traditionally after sports teams or any big celebration. I was there wearing my LED glasses, and I've never been in so many selfies in my life. And people were asking, well, how, where did you get these? And I was like, well, I got the board, and then I programmed it myself. And I had cameramen coming up to me from the media saying, I need to interview you. 
So it was a unreal experience on top of the team winning. What other opportunities has working with the non-circuit Python brought you? Since getting involved in the community, written a couple magazine articles, and seeing yourself published in print is something that's really exciting. And it's just led me to meet a lot of people and get involved in a lot of projects and see what's out there. Like I've had companies reach out to me with samples or to ask questions, things that I never thought were possible before I got involved. And I still have that imposter syndrome, which I know a lot of us have, where you're like, am I really good enough for this? Are people really asking my opinion? And it's trying to get over that and always thinking, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm not promising answers to the world, but if it comes to CircuitPython, hopefully I can help somebody. Last question before we go, and you've listened to the show so you know what's coming. You're about to start a new project or prototype. Which microcontroller board do you reach for? I thought about this question quite a lot because I've listened to all the podcasts. I very much will vary which microcontroller I pick based on my project, but if I had to pick one, one of my favorite is Unexpected Maker's Feather S2. It was one of the first boards I had that had the Wi-Fi built in, Bluetooth built in. It had lots of I.O. It had everything you expect in a Feather. And for some reason, even though most of my projects don't incorporate Wi-Fi, I like having it there. With the new CircuitPython 8 and being able to edit over Wi-Fi, that's an even bigger reason. And Unexpected Maker, again, isn't a huge company. It's a person. But all his boards that I've used have been amazing. They're well-made and has made working on any projects uh, really easy. And they've been durable. I've thrown them outside in a cardboard box for a year, and it kept working. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to listening to more podcasts. Thank you to Mark for being on the show. You can follow Mark and his projects on Twitter at Mark Comus or on Mastodon at Mark Comus at Mastodon.social. Thank you for listening and thank you to PCB Way for sponsoring this episode. For show notes, transcripts, and to support the show, visit circuitpythonshow.com. Until next time, stay positive. <laughs>